Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hello and welcome to Secure the Insecure, the podcast that I say it's okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Seafoot and every week I'm joined by one very special guest who's got a life story for you to help you realise that actually we're all the same. This podcast is sponsored by Jennings & Co Financial Planning Limited, making financial planning easy to understand. For more information, go to jenningsfp.co.uk. So, coming up this week, you're going to hear from one of the most inspirational people I've ever met. She was the woman behind the Rochdale scandal and many other scandals, but it was the Rochdale scandal that really made her known to the public. She never said no. She always persevered through police officers, through senior police officers and even to the government level where she wanted to fight for these girls. You're going to hear her story. Now, you would also know her from being on Step to Big Brother in January 2018, the year of the woman. She was on with Anne Widdicombe, Ashley James, Jessin Piazzi, the most amazing person. She is Maggie Oliver. She's got a brand new book out called Survivor. Please buy it. I cried five times whilst reading. It was incredible. And I started by asking her all about the book. The urge or the request to write a book for a long time um, because I always felt that what I was saying wasn't about me, it was about the kids that had been failed. And if I'm being brutally honest, I was unable to open the box to look at how I'd been hurt. And writing that book, um, I had to go into that box and I had to look at some of the most painful periods of my life as well as explain how the authorities had failed these kids so it was actually a really traumatic journey for about a year um, but now that it's written and it's there I am so glad that I did it um, quite apart from anything else at all I feel that my kids have got a record of my life with the dad and my little granddaughter who died, it's there, it's documented. Um, And it also explains, I think clearly, how I feel the authorities have failed the kids that they've let down. And with the best will in the world, any interview that I do, Johnny, I might do 15 minutes, half an hour, but 
I couldn't explain the intricacies of, of what I was saying without writing a book. So I really think it's it's been really cathartic. It's a document that's there now forever, and I'm really glad that I've written it, and I hope people will will buy it and read it. I think the other thing to say is that up until now, it's always been about what went wrong, what how the authorities have failed, and I, and I don't change my opinion on that one little bit, but I want to use those failures now in setting up my own um, charity foundation, the Maggie Oliver Foundation, where I can put my learning into to good use and set up centres, hopefully eventually all around the country, where survivors from all backgrounds can go and be supported and not be isolated and have access to counsellors, psychotherapy, legal advice, or just somebody to hold the hand and tell them that they've done nothing wrong. So I feel it was important to document what has been in order to move forward into what will be. It's very easy when you are so immersed in a career to kind of forget how much you've achieved. And when you finish doing the book and you've been through four different operations, as in big police operations, the fact that you weren't taken seriously because you were a female. When you were 41, you decided to be a police officer. What would you tell yourself now, looking back at how much you've achieved in that amount of time? You know, I, sometimes I, I look at my time in the police. I was a serving officer for 16 years and I... Obviously, I did two years probation where I did the same as a 20-year-old recruit, you know, passing a physical, and, and I go into this in my book, um, but I very quickly went into serious crime, and I feel that my life experiences up until the point I joined the police really helped me to be good at that kind of policing. You know, going to help a, a, a rape victim or into a domestic or dealing with kids who were going missing from home or had been sexually abused. The fact that I was a wife, an older woman, a mum, I'd got life experience. I think that meant that members of the public could connect with me more easily. And, and I loved my job. I absolutely loved doing what I did. And I believe that I was really good at what I did. Don't send me into a riot with all the riot gear on because that 41-year-old woman, uh, woman it, that's not what I joined to do. I had to do some of it, but to use me to my best advantage, it was to go on people jobs. What I started to see was something that went way beyond what a job was. The failures that I was witnessing for the second time on a, a grooming case where I believe that the authorities were not dealing with this kind of crime um, ethically or legally or they weren't dealing with the criminals in the way that I felt they should. I struggled with that reality, with that truth and I spent 18 months trying to be heard and finally when there was a stark choice you either allow this to continue and carry on with your job or you walk away and speak out publicly. Eventually it was a no-brainer because if I didn't stand up to be counted and exposed what I'd seen then in my mind I was as bad as the senior police officers who were allowing and politicians who were allowing this to happen but I never imagined that it would take over my life in the way it has done it was the hardest two years of my life actually it was it really made me ill and I thought maybe I would be prosecuted for data protection offences and that I was rocking boats that were pretty scary boats to rock but it had to be done it just had to be done your book survivor has obviously been dramatized into three girls which are on the bbc and leslie sharp plays you so we see how much responsibility that she and yourself obviously took on do you feel that you took on too much responsibility that someone should have intervened and helped you so you didn't have to do it on your own because it's a big burden to hold on yourself it, it was an enormous 
burden. I mean, the drama, the reason, part of the reason that I wrote my book was because the drama, Three Girls, even it's a fantastic drama, but it is a drama. In my book, I go much further in explaining um, how the police and social services and the CPS failed these kids on a, a monumental scale. I feel that the drama really explained what grooming is so that the whole country now understands grooming and the victims or the survivors of grooming are no longer judged in the way they were before the drama but there were so many things that the drama didn't tackle in my opinion that I felt needed to be out in the public domain um, particularly the way the authorities choose to treat very vulnerable victims if it suits them um, how senior police officers have never been held to account how the home office really directed police forces around the country not to um, investigate these kinds of grooming trials. All those things, normal newspapers and the BBC won't report. Um, and my book covers all that in great detail, as well as um, explaining in some way why I came to do what I did. You know, I, I don't feel people really knew what I was like as a person at all before my book because most people just want to talk about the grooming scandal and if I go on TV, it's a five-minute, you know, snapshot. My book is able to talk about my life before and my husband... Doing the charity treks? I did the charity treks. I went to Borneo, I climbed Mount Kinabalu when, um, when my husband died to raise funds for beating bowel cancer. And, and really, that was a transition in my life. You know, uh, um, I married Norman... Well, I met Norman when I was 20. We had four children and a really good marriage. Um... It's a beautiful love story, that first part oh. of your book. It's such a beautiful... And I, I, I don't want to dwell on it too much because you're going to make me cry, I think. Oh, um, I remember you. texting you. Yeah, I uh, do. Because we, we, in the book, it, it, it was his funeral and I was on that page all these years later and I remember I texted you and went, because uh, you you were uh, you'd gone to a concert. You're uh, Celine Dion. I was oh, it Celine? I Celine? And I was crying my eyes out, Celine Dion. And it. I was thinking, I'm crying and I can't get to you to tell you because I didn't want to upset you when you were at Celine Dion and I was like I, I, I want to text you and tell you that I'm on that page and I'm thinking of you and I know it's the anniversary but you were at Celine Dion and I was like I want you to have a good time but you there is like you said there is so much to you away from the thoughts because yeah, that's a career that's your job that was my what job. you've done amazing but that's one side of you there's so many other sides of you and people who don't know you who don't know how warm you are and I always <laughs> tell everyone that you give the best hugs in the world um <laughs> There is so much more to do. So how do you want to be known now, now that you've I, finished I, the police career? I want people to know that I am a human being, that I have a heart, that I care. And I feel that those qualities are needed by the police. You need police officers from lots of different backgrounds. So you need young, fit men who are going to chase after the gangsters down the alleyways. But you also need somebody that can go in and talk to a, a survivor of abuse or somebody who's just been raped who actually has got a bit of an understanding about what people need in those circumstances. And, and when you've brought up your own kids, you've got a depth to you that you don't have if you're a 21-year-old. Um, strangely enough, I think that's one of the reasons why I felt so strongly about you know, what I saw because those kids could have been my kids and I always did my job thinking, you know, do as you would be done by. And when 
you know, I hear people saying these kids are making a lifestyle choice. You know, and a 12-year-old is having sex with a 50-year-old man who gets her pregnant. That isn't a lifestyle choice. That is illegal. But I would like people to see me as more than that. You know, um, you know, just a, a normal person, which is what I say on the back of my book. I am nothing special. I am just an ordinary woman who saw something that I could not stand by and ignore. And I would like people... There are lots of changes we need in, in our country. And it's not always the big things that we get an opportunity to speak out about. But if we all spoke up and addressed things that we see that are wrong, I think we'd live in a much nicer country. Um, so I'd, I'd like... That's how I'd like to be remembered. Somebody who stood up to be counted... Um, and fought a battle that needed to be fought. And I think we're in a, a different place now. We've still got a long way to go, Johnny. But I do think that in the six years since I started to talk out and, and work on the drama for four years, um, I think victims of grooming are viewed in a completely different way now. I get messages every day um, from very damaged, normally young women, um, who say that they felt they'd done something wrong until the drama, or particularly now that they've read my book, um, you know, and now they don't feel that anymore. They feel that they've been failed, that they've been let down, but they actually did nothing um, that that was wrong. And that makes me feel that I've done something, you know, worthwhile. So is there a worry, though, that... In the police force, there's a lot of tick boxes now because everything becomes an admin job now where it's now more about the paperwork than actually going out and actually finding yeah. a cure and helping because, as you know, it might take a day to look after someone. It might take three days. It might take three years yeah. because you had uh, the two girls who didn't want to... The sisters who didn't want to speak out Absolutely. and it took a long time. But then yeah. you're eating into looking at the next case and the next case and you've yeah. not you know, finished that piece of paper yeah. yet. You know, it depends what... As a country, we feel is important in a police officer. Um, I personally think that all our public services are falling apart and we need massive investment. We need radical changes. I am not a party political person, but, you know, I've spent so many years and hours and hours and hours thinking about the answers for this. And um, it, I've never pointed the finger of blame at individual police officers. I pointed at those at the top, the chief constables. P people like the chief constable of Greater Manchester, who was Peter Fye at the time. They need to be standing up and saying, we need investment, we need funding, we need not just more police officers, but the right people to do the jobs that police are now being asked to do. So deal with people with mental health issues. And, you know, we, we, we need to be looking at where we are putting the money that we're investing in, in public services. So, you know, th there is a an increasingly um, powerful argument to, to say we really need to be looking at um, drug laws. You know, the millions and billions of pounds spent on on you know, putting criminals away who were dealing and then, or users who go to prison for buying drugs, they come out. And I know from people that I've dealt with, you know, once they've been in prison and come out, they can't even be taken back in if they want to be. So it, we're making a, a rod for our own back. That money that's being put into those areas could be used in different ways. Um, so I, I just feel that the, 
the criminal justice system is crumbling beneath us. Legal aid agency is falling apart. And I know that because the girl, some of the girls that I'm supporting trying to seek some compensation. It takes years for them to get legal aid, even if they do. It's kind of a political argument that I can't let go of because of the lessons that I've learned in the last few years. But I do know that the there is nowhere for survivors to go. You know, they can't get access to psychotherapy. They don't know where to go. They're, they're very isolated. There's no joined-up systems. That's why I decided to set up um, the Maggie Oliver Foundation with my first centre in Rochdale. I haven't got all the answers, Johnny, but I know what's missing, and I feel that I want to try and bring together the, the expertise and the people who can help these survivors um that we are a go-to place and as that becomes established and we learn how to take it forward that we are able to replicate that throughout the country um that's kind of my dream you say the impossible is possible you just have to believe in yourself mm. the maggie oliver foundation amazing thing that you're doing in watchdale but it'll obviously take time to go around the country what is the big aim that you have believing in yourself for the Maggie Oliver Foundation to do? Because you can't stamp on what the police are doing and you can't stamp no, can't. on what everyone else is doing behind the scenes. No. You can do your thing, but how do you do your thing and actually protect more girls than what currently the police force are doing? I don't see my centres as a, a place instead of the police, but I know that I am a fighter and it's not very easy always to fight for yourself, but I am fighting for those who don't have a voice. Um, you know, I wear this bracelet all the time that says she believed she could, so she did. Well, I believe that I can start a centre in Rochdale. I need support from the public. Um, we need to be able to access public funding and lottery money. And But there is so much goodwill in the country. There is a, a knowledge amongst ordinary decent people of what is needed that i feel that we just need a a focus for all those voices to join together for all those people to come together and build something that we need the authorities are more wrapped up in bureaucracy and why we can't you you know they're very good at talking the talk the reality is that police forces throughout the country they've sold off the training schools they've built flats on them we don't have enough tutors to train those new people. Words are very easy, but the reality is very different. There is a massive shortfall in trained detectives. When I was in GMP, Peter Fowey ab abolished the CID. Well, you know, that's all very well and good now, saying we need more detectives again. But you don't have the 30-year experienced detectives to train the new, the new ones coming along. So you end up with a skills gap. So words are very easy, but when you start to look a little bit below the surface you see that these things are actually not achievable so i'm hoping i am intend to start somewhere that we share expertise that we bring people together who can help we don't have to jump through hoops for the police or for the for politicians we're going to do it on our own and there are a lot of people out there who feel the same way as me i just see myself perhaps as the the center of that because i'm recognized now and i'm just going to carry on doing the the best I can to make a difference, I think. Maggie Oliver, you have been absolutely incredible. Your book, Survivors Is That Now, Three Girls is on Netflix, I think, actually, at the moment. I think it's on iPlayer as well, and on you can iPlayer, buy it on... Yeah, you can get my book on Amazon, um, WH Smith, Waterstones, but if you're going on holiday, not all the airports are stocking it, so um, buy it before you go. Um, Please do, because it's yeah. such an important oh, story, you. and it's 
it's an important story to learn about you and it's an important story to see where you've become where you had your struggles because you struggled so much to even be accepted in the police force before anything even happened and then for your journey into sorting out these crimes which no one took notice of or they went it's not important today maggie do something else and the fact that you fought for it and fought for those girls and those girls who have such deep-rooted pain and may never recover really but you've done the smallest amount that's going to go so far and you are the most amazing woman in the world Maggie I can't thank you enough that's me Maggie Oliver here on Secure the Insecure sponsored by Jennings and Co Financial Planning making financial planning easy to understand for more information go to www.jenningsfp.co.uk and if you've liked what you've heard please do share the podcast rate the podcast tell someone especially a podcast like this one that you've just heard which is so educational look we all get entertained but it's so important to be educated and remember where you are who you are and that small little bit of difference that you can make i've been johnny Seaver. you've been listening to secure the insecure until next time thank you and goodbye catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.